1: Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, I am your host, as well as one of the certified financial planners on the show, across from me, founder of Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn,
0: next to him, our business partner, Josh Gregory. Yeah, are you planning on giving some money to family members this Christmas, or making a donation to charity? Or maybe your favorite financial radio show? Well, hey. Hey, donations all around. (laughs) Now is the time to (laughs) remind your parents that charity starts at home. So to do so wisely, make sure you're doing it in the most advantageous way and avoiding any tax traps. And we're covering that and much more coming up on today's episode. We get questions all the
1: time about... How much can I give? Will it be taxed? Will it be taxed to me, taxed to them? What are the rules and all of that? So I'm assuming you will have questions on this, and we would love to answer them. You can reach out to us in a few different ways. Call or text us, 574-222-2000. You can also send your question online. Visit us, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right. Lastly, Facebook and Twitter, you can leave questions there and on the YouTube channel at WisemoneyRadio. Okay, so the question that we're kicking off with is from Terry. Terry is 74. Here's what he says. Every year, I donate about $5,000 to my church around Christmas time. I'm wondering if that's a smart thing, I think he meant wise thing, to do, or if there's a better way to approach it. Great question, Terry. And for the benefit of all of you guys listening, we're actually going to break Terry's question into two different parts. I know a lot of you make year-end donations to nonprofits and charitable organizations. But I also know a lot of you make donations or gifts to other family members. And those are actually two different distinct things. We want to tackle both of them. So thanks for the question, Terry. But let's start with those of you who are looking to make a year end donation to a nonprofit or charitable organization. Do you do it like Terry does and just give cash? Or is there a better way to do it? Well, I think cash is great if you're the charity, right? It, it's
2: mm-hmm. easy to receive. Uh, every charity I've ever met is always in need of additional donations, especially if you don't put any kind of restrictions on it, right? If it's dollars that they can use for whatever, if if you give a hundred dollars to your local church, but you stipulate that it has to be used for some specific reason, um, you know, maybe maybe that's less helpful to them. Um, but this area of giving cash it may be tax-deductible to you Mm. emphasis on maybe Uh, one thing you have to understand is that when you're filing your tax return this is the federal tax return on the second page right at the top they give you the option of taking one of two different write-offs one is called a standard deduction we think of it as a free coupon that the government gives you to erase a chunk of your income or if you can total up your own list of expenses, special write-offs, and it's a bigger dollar amount, then you can take that instead. That's called an itemized deduction. That's where the charitable deduction or the contribution you give to that local church would show up. Now the question is, does it give you any kind of financial lift? Is there an economic benefit to you giving the money um, in addition to the emotional or spiritual or, or any other benefit that that you would see. and the the issue is it just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on uh, what your unique situation is. in In this case, Terry's seventy four years old. We don't know if if you're married, Terry, but um, let's say you're not. Uh, anyone who's an individual can write off the, the the freebie coupon, that standard deduction that the government offers is six thousand three hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, When you're over age 65, they throw another sweetener on top, another $1,250 on, on top of that. So it's an even bigger automatic write-off that you can take. So Terry would have to take his $5,000 contribution to the church and find a series of other expenses that he'd be writing off in order to find a better uh, tax coupon than, than that one.
0: Mm-hmm. He may or may not be able to do that though. Right. And so Terry, one of the things you might want to think about. So Josh, as we're doing the math, Terry it being 74, his standard deductions about 8,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. So based on that, if the only thing he had to itemize was this $5,000 contribution, he wouldn't be able to itemize. So, so he, in that way, cash might not be a great
1: idea. We'll get back to that.
0: Right. So Terry one thing that you might want to do if you do $5000 every year you might want to do it every other year. So you might want to wait and give your $5000 that you're going to do this year give that January 1 and give the other $5000 January 1. Now I've given 10000 or at least within one calendar year. So now that $5,000 stacked on top of another is 10,000. That's north of the $8,000. And I could deduct some of this. So give it, give that 5,000 on January 1st
1: and give the next one on December 31st. The the problem is that whole strategy
2: might be getting blown up in Congress right now. Right. Right. Exactly. If they change uh, some
0: of the numbers, oh and Josh, I cannot do it. I do not have the emotional energy <laughs> to talk about the potential tax. And uh, it, it, anyway, if they, you're if right. No, Josh is right as always. But um, seriously, emotionally, we need to move beyond this because I can't take it. But they are talking about possibly taking that standard deduction up to... Uh, Potentially doubling it. right?
1: And then removing some of the itemized categories that you could create your list out of, like state taxes and and other things that often help people get over that hump where itemizing would make sense. Which
2: is why looking at non-cash strategies makes sense right great segue thank you yeah so so one of them one alternate way to give money uh, or the benefit of dollars to a charity that you care about is to maybe give something like an individual stock or some sort of investment that has really grown in value since the time that you bought it maybe you bought it a long time ago there's a lot of profit that's been built up and if you were to go sell that investment today you would have to pay tax on that profit. We call it a capital gain in the tax code. And you would uh, treat that as income on the tax return and then make your gift of cash. But what if instead you gave the stock itself to the charity? If they are a nonprofit organization, a true charity, then they would be able to receive it. They sell the stock. And how much tax does a charity pay? None right yep. they they would not pay the same tax that you and I would pay and that's the advantage of shifting income to them and allowing them to pay at zero instead of you at paying something
1: you paying at something higher than that so you get the write off for the full amount of the value of the stock the market value of Whatever stock or investment you donated, but then they would sell it immediately. Oftentimes, people think about the strategy. And they say, "Well, what do they want stock for? They're not. They don't. They might not even like this mutual fund." Um, no, they sell it immediately because they want the cash to to run the cause, run the organization. So they
0: sell it immediately, and that tax that you would have paid by selling it, they don't pay. Right. I I was meeting with a client yesterday, and. Their situation is they have a stock that the basis is about a $1,000, and the current value of the stock is $42,000. Wow. If they sell it, they'll pay capital gains plus the investment tax. I mean, it it's pretty punitive from where they sit. So we came up with some charities, their local church and Heroes Camp and St. Margaret's House and some other things. Hey, this is where we're going to give the stock. So by giving gifting the stock, to these places, they're able to get the deduction on their tax return, but they didn't sell it in their own brokerage account, creating a 1099, and these organizations did. And and uh, just, Corhorn Financial Group has worked with a number of these organizations that have said, well, we want to receive stock, but we don't have a way to do it, and we, we just it's a one of the ways we serve our community. We just set up a brokerage account, and make it real easy. There is some administration that needs to happen. There's a letter that needs to go out. When the stock is received, it needs to be sold. So there's some some technical things that need to be done. but it's a simple idea. let me give you one more example before we go to break here. Uh, Terry is
2: over age seventy and a half. Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a magic age because at age seventy and a half, if you have any kind of money in retirement plans like an IRA or an old 401k or something, then Terry and and all of his peers are required every single year to pull money out of that account, pay tax on it, and then do something with the leftovers. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, in recent uh, years here, we have now been given the opportunity to do something known as a qualified charitable donation. This is when you take that required uh, distribution out of that retirement account, and instead of cashing it in and and treating it as income to you, you give it straight to the charity of your choice, and you don't even have to count it on your income tax return.
1: We're going to pick back that strategy. We're going to pick that back up, as well as talk about what if you're gifting money to a family member, or is that written off? What tax is there? So a lot more here coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: Can you donate money directly out of your retirement account to a nonprofit and avoid any tax at all and still get a huge benefit to the organization you're trying to support? That's what we're talking about right now, as well as how it works to best donate or give money to other family members. My is Mike Bernard, next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money show possible. We are tackling a question from Terry. He's 74. He said, every year, about this time of year, I donate about $5,000 in my church. I'm doing that out of cash. Is that a smart thing to do, or is there a better way to do it? We're taking Terry's question into two parts. One, if you're like him and you're making a donation to a nonprofit organization, how do you do that the best way? And then in just a moment, we're going to talk about, well, what if you're similar to Terry, but a little bit different in that this time of year, you're making donations to family members, how to do that in the most um, appropriate way. We talked about several ways to make sure that you're getting the best tax benefit for you while you're supporting the nonprofit cause that that you care about. We left off talking about something called a qualified charitable uh, distribution. And what's important to note there, Josh mentioned you can pull that right out of your pre-tax account, donate it right to the charity and doesn't even show up on your tax return and therefore pushing you into other tax brackets, or or possibly, if you're not itemizing deductions, uh, still giving you some benefit on your tax returns. But beware, folks, you've got to be at least 70 and a half in order to do that. That is one big um, mistake that people make. They think, oh, I can just take this out of my IRA, give it right to the church, and I'm good to go. Nope, you'd still have to. you have to claim that as, as income if you're not yet 70 and a half. So... Absolutely. One of the advantages though to to keep in mind is
2: if you never have to show that as income on the tax return, then that can have a trickle-down effect onto the state tax return as well. So you're not only saving federal income taxes but also state, but it may be even better than that yet because you may be in kind of a strange band of income where Each dollar that you are pulling out of that IRA is causing more of your Social Security to become taxable. So the reverse would benefit you. If you pull a dollar less out of the IRA, maybe you have to pay tax on less of your Social Security as well. So this can really accrue some great economic benefits to you just by being creative and thoughtful in the way that you do these charitable contributions.
1: I'm glad you brought up the state tax issue though because so often people think about making donations to nonprofits and getting the tax benefit. Well, it's important to note that as Josh was explaining how that worked earlier in the show, you talked about on the second page of your tax return. That means it's on your federal, re- federal return where you get that deduction. You're, you do not get a charitable deduction on your state taxes with one exception. Yeah. And it's actually not a deduction. Uh,
2: The the word deduction is write-off, right? Instead, I want to tell you about a tax credit. Credit should make your ears perk up and you should really listen intently because credits are dollar for dollar reductions in the tax that you pay. It's just money right back in your hands, right? And if you either live in Indiana or you uh, live elsewhere, but file an Indiana state tax return. You pay st- uh, state taxes here in Indiana, then you can qualify for a a credit by giving money to a college or university here in this state. And the way it works is the first two hundred dollars that you uh, contribute that you give will get you a hundred dollars back on your tax return. Not a not a tax write-off but a true $100 right back in your pocket. So it costs you $100 to give $200 of benefit. And if you're married, you can both do it as well. So it could be the the, the school gets $400 worth of benefit. It costs you 200 out of pocket. That's amazing, uh, an amazing multiplying effect that can happen. And as we were talking earlier, if you are... Able to write off that tax return or that uh, contribution on your federal
1: return, there may be some some federal savings as well. So think about it. If you're in the 25% tax bracket and you donate $200 on your federal return, that's going to save you 50 bucks. And on your state return, that'll save you 100. So it's going to cost you 75 bucks to donate $200 to the college of your choice.
0: My your your math was off there, but was I? Yeah, What's that's it? okay. It's I'm a sorry. concept. So that, we'll so, get a whiteboard in right, here. Right. So <laughs> what we want to do? So uh, ignore the numbers. Just big picture wise, folks. What you oh, should what you should bucks. do. You're, you. You're, you're good. What you should do is you should put on your your list right now. If you're making a list, write a check for two hundred. If you're single, four hundred. If you're married, to the to Bethel College, or the educational institution of your choice and get that done this year and every year because it's just a, it's a great deal for you. That's
2: right. You've got eight days to get that done. It has to be done inside this calendar year to
1: count on this year's tax return. Got it. What about giving money to family members? Is there a way to do that where it benefits you tax-wise, where it doesn't hurt the person that's receiving it tax-wise. Let's flip the script here on Terry's question and talk about instead of donating money to a charitable organization, donating it to family members. Why are you smirking there, Mr. Gregory?
2: This one cracks me up because I've had a number of people try to convince me. They were were trying to give a a logical argument for why their kids are a charity Ah. and that there should be some sort of a a tax write-off. Because and they weren't dropping, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Do they lose money, they cost money. <laughs> exactly.
2: But uh, this this whole topic of giving money to family members or kids it does cause a lot of confusion, especially because uh, you know you'll maybe hear people talk about how there's oh a fourteen thousand dollar limit or um, you, you know they they throw around that dollar amount and they assume or or maybe they ask, is my child going to have to count this as income? If yep. if I give them money, will they pay tax on it? And the answer in most cases is no, especially if you're writing a check and giving them cash. Yep. All right, a gift is not income. You don't you don't count that. Now an exception to that would be if you gave them some sort of an investment or something that you bought cheap and it's worth more. If they go to sell that, uh, they may incur some. Uh, some income tax because of it. And that's
0: where the tax planning comes in because you might look at this and say, uh, if we're talking Terry, Terry, if you are in the 25% tax bracket, you would have a capital gains tax if you sold uh, a a highly appreciated stock. You might have children in the 15% tax bracket. So if you gift them the stock, you also gift them your basis so going back to the scenario we were talking about earlier, I have a $1,000 basis and a $40,000 stock. If I gift shares of stock to my children and they sell that stock, it's quite possible that they pay zero federally. And be careful because we start thinking, okay, I'm paying no tax on that. No, the state's still going to you know, get their hands out there and and get some of that money.
2: Yeah, so that's a tax-saving strategy is to shift money from your tax bracket to a child's tax bracket when they're in a lower uh, tax situation. Um, but I want to go back to that, that 14000 number that causes mm-hmm. so much confusion because what that number is, it, it represents $14,000 that you're allowed to give every year without having to worry about any kind of gift tax. And that word gift tax is very different than the income tax that we were just talking about. Gift tax is a tax upon the giver um, of, of money, not on the recipient. So it's not your child paying tax. It could be you. For most people, this is never going to be an option during their lifetime. And that's because not only are you allowed to give 14000 every year, but if you went over 14000 all you are doing is just eating into... A massive coupon that you have for your whole lifetime, right now that number is $5.49 million Mm -hmm. per spouse. Yeah. So, you know, unless, you know, your last name is Rockefeller or- um, Steinbrenner. Yeah. Or Trump. (laughs) Gregory, yeah. (laughs) Then
1: you're probably not going to be, you know, exceeding that, that gift amount. Right? right. So there's there's the threshold of $14,000 that you can give to anyone else and not even need to report it anywhere. But if you give more than that, we're going to talk about a, a couple creative ways to give more than that and still not have to report it. But say you do, it's still not gonna be taxable to you as the giver until you exceed that full lifetime limit. By the way, folks, the $14,000 limit, unless they tinker with the tax codes and tinker with this, is going to 15,000 for 2018 moving forward. So we need to pick back up this gift splitting idea, which we're gonna talk about, as well as is there a better idea than just giving cash if you're making a gift to family members. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: Are you planning on giving a gift to a family member around this time of year? And if so, is there a better way to do it than just writing the check? We've got that and much more coming up here. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard next to Josh, Gregory, and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. Thank you, Bethel College. Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible. If you've missed anything, folks, every episode is on the YouTube channel at Wise Money Radio. It's also podcast and on the website, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit questions there as well. Lastly, give us a call. Send us a text if you have questions, 574-222-2000. We're still tackling Terry's question here. He's 74. He says, every year, around this time of year, I donate $5,000 to my church. I just do that out of cash. Is there a better way, smarter way to do that? We've talked about ways to make sure you're getting the best deduction while also supporting the charities that you love. But now we're tipping Terry's question on its heels and saying, what if you're not giving money to a charity at all? You're giving it to a family member. Is that taxable to you? Is it taxable to them? let's pick up the idea of this $14,000 gift exclusion, annual gift exclusion that you can do that's turning to 15,000 next year. But what if you that are giving the money, what if you are married? Is that limit still 14,000 a year? The answer is uh, yes, but it's per spouse. That's right. Right. So
2: really you double the numbers and you can even uh, double the numbers again if you're giving not just to your child but maybe your child is married Yeah. so if each of you give money to each of them, uh, the, the numbers get pretty sizable actually.
1: And we the moral of the story is I'm not going to do that math on the air here because That's I right. can't talk and do math in my head at the same time but each person if you're giving and you're married and the person you're giving it to is married each of you can give 14000 to each of them. Right. Pretty so, exciting.
0: So those numbers get pretty big, and it's the end of the year. So if you've got two people giving money to two people using your, ex- ex- your coupon, if you will, you can do that this year, and then you can do it January 1 of next year. So all of a sudden, there's a huge chunk of money that you could give if giving money is the right thing to do. That's right. That's the real question there, right?
1: So here's the question then. If giving money is not something that you should do, is there a better idea out there? I've got a few. We were talking just a, a, a moment ago about if you have a grandchild or really even a child, maybe who's going back to school or something like that, and you want to give money to help them with school, you can give that money to them into a 529 plan. And whether you live in Michigan or Indiana, you can get some tax benefit benefit for doing that. So why not, if you're gonna make a gift for, towards a purpose, and that purpose is education, gift it into an account where they still get the full benefit of the gift,
0: but you also get some tax benefit as well. Yeah, I like that idea a, a whole lot, Mike. If you're gifting money, for a grandchild, Terry, you're 74. So if you have grandchildren and you look and you say, what do I get for the grandchildren that have everything? Maybe you put money into their 529 plans. And if you're in the state of Indiana, you get a 20% credit on the first $5,000. So if you put a hundred dollars in your grandson's education fund, you just got a $20 credit. If you fully fund that and you put $5,000 in, you get your $1,000 credit, and you still wanted to do some more, Terry, you could gift money to your son or daughter. They could put money in in the 529 plan that they've established for your grandchild, and that could work. Uh, And I'll just, as long as we're in the spirit of giving and creative ideas on how to give and what to give, one of the things that I really like is that uh, I talked to a grandpa the other day, and he was trying to figure out how could he give some money to his grandchild who was in high school, not yet in college, but wanted to get his grandchild started on a savings program. Mm. And I said, well, has your, did your grandchild make any money? And he said, oh, they, you know, uh, they worked this summer and they made about $800. And I said, well, there's about $800 that they could put into a Roth IRA. And he said, well, they can't because they, um, they saved some of that money for college and spent some of that money on a pair of Beats headphones. <laughs> and I said, well, of excellent choice. And so I said, well, w- why don't you do this? If you gifted $800 to this grandchild, they could put that money into their own Roth IRA, and now they've started down the path towards uh, creating a financial life for themselves.
2: Okay, I want to inject a quick public service announcement on the two topics that you just hit. 529 plan, uh, that grandparent example, if they live in Indiana and are filing a tax return here, then they can qualify for that credit. The grandchild doesn't have to be in Indiana, though. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you have uh, grandkids living in different states. They also don't have to go to an Indiana school either. This is college money for a qualified uh, or an accredited uh, college or university of their choice, wherever that may be. It has to be done, though, before December 31st. So this is one of those, hey, if you haven't done it by now, you need to, you know. Put the hustle. Get, that's right. Put the hustle get, on. On Tuesday. Tuesday right. morning,
0: you, you either need to go online and get some of the stuff done, or Tuesday morning you better show up in someone's office and be writing checks.
2: Yep. The cool thing about the Roth IRA idea is that you have up until April 15th to make that uh, Contribution to the, year. that's
1: right. So the other thing I would just point out is we work with a lot of folks who g- have gifts that they want to give to family members w- with a purpose, and we've talked about for education or for retirement. Folks, even for a mortgage or student loans, if you if you have kids or grandkids, where you say. I've been blessed and I want to pass some blessing on to them this time of year. I I know financially they've got some goals and I want to give this to them for a purpose. Consider just putting $1,000 on their student loans or to their mortgage instead of just writing writing them a check. Now, you don't get any special tax deduction for that. You don't set them up to receive some tax benefits like the Roth IRA that we were just mentioning. But it might just be a practi- practical thing to do instead of giving tangible Gifts that they could then, you know, collect have collect dust in their in their house. You could help them achieve a bigger long term financial goal.
2: Yep. Or or they could blow it differently than what you intended, right? Yeah. Do you remember the show uh, Everybody Loves Raymond? I do. There was an episode there where Ray and I don't remember the characters' names other than Raymond. So he, he had an older brother who had this crisis, a credit card crisis, and Ray and his wife decided well we're going to write a $3500 check and give it to him so he can wipe out the card. And as soon as he got the money, the brother took a big huge vacation with it. Oh, that's so funny. And I of course they were so mad and they finally talked to him about it and you know he he gave his rationale as well you know, I'll, I'll always be able to pay off that credit card, but I never can take a vacation. So <laughs> right? I mean, it was just a, a great episode that just got your blood boiling. But th- that's a philosophical issue, though. When you give money, are you giving it with any kind of restrictions or uh, caveats, any strings attached,
0: that sort of thing? And so the way that you can make that distinction in your mind is decide, is this a gift or is it a wage? So if I'm giving Joshua Gregory money and there are no strings attached, that's called a gift. If I'm giving him money and there are strings attached or there are certain expectations assigned to that money, it's a wage. Or could even be a loan.
1: Hey, you're gonna. I'm giving you money with an expectation of <laughs> so receiving something back in return.
0: Right, unless you're a family member, because those loans never get paid back. <laughs> right. So then, then it goes, it reverts back to the gift. Yeah. Um, and that's that, what, that, the
1: strings attached there with a check, that's why I, I think. Hey, if you just. I've had, I have a client who tells me, I still don't know who paid for my college. and it's a huge blessing to him and he's actually lived his life he's 50 some years old now lived his life as a thank you to that and really has been wanting to do that for other people and so if you give someone cash and say put this on the credit card that's different from saying i understand where you're at here's i'm just
0: gonna pay a thousand dollars on your credit card something like that that just a function of his college years being really hazy (laughs) no (laughs) no
1: no that's that's
0: that's great so uh
2: Here's the thing to keep in mind, though. When when you do give a gift, strings attached, call it a wage, call it what you want, um, recognize, though, that you are kind of pushing your values onto that recipient, yes. right? Yep. You, you might say, hey, I have the financial wherewithal that I can wipe out your mortgage and I value debt-free living, so I'm going to value it for you. But if that recipient doesn't value it, maybe they have their house owned outright, but they immediately... Um,
1: take up all that freed up cash flow and they start uh, a, a new car loan or something. Here is an unrelated question, but it's coming up. Is there ever a time when there's too much money to have in your bank account? That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise
1: Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Mike Bernard, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory coming to you from the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you've missed anything, I've got good news for you. Your early Christmas present, all the episodes are on the YouTube channel. Just check it out there. Or on podcast as well, at Wise Money Radio on YouTube, or just search Wise Money with Core Financial Group on iTunes, Google Play. Lastly, it's on the webpage as well, folks wisemoneyradio.com. Every pre- previous episode's right there. You can even submit questions that way as well. And lastly, speaking of questions, you can reach out to us and ask one, 574-222-2000, call or text. We are wrapping up a question from Terry here about giving, and then we've got a great one from Dave about, hey, is there ever a limit, a point where you reach in your savings account where it's too much? We've got that answer coming up. but regarding giving money, especially to family members. There's a little bit more internal finance we need to hit here before there's the
0: wrap up. Well, we were talking about the idea of giving money. If it's a gift, it's no strings attached. If there are strings attached, it's think of it as a wage. I am giving you money in expectation of a certain performance. And so what it could be is I say, well, I want to fund your kids education so here's this $1000 it goes into that or here's a $1000 to put down on your student loan debt or here's a $1000 for your mortgage or whatever the that is a that's a wonderful idea the only risk is is that if I am taking my core values my financial constitution and inflicting it on a family member there's a couple possibilities. One is they're they're very, very grateful. The other is is that they're very, very resentful. Yeah, because there's mm-hmm. a mismatch there between mm-hmm. what you
1: think they should do with this money that you're giving and maybe what they think is a higher priority.
0: Mm-hmm. And where I've seen this get very interesting is where there are in-laws involved. So if the giver doesn't do a great job i think of this communication as trying to land a a jet on an aircraft carrier yeah and it you, can
1: be done it, but it's right it's very tricky very
0: in, in a crosswind in high seas and so if you don't do it just right and get it down and get the tail hook you are in the drink so i i look at this and i say if you are the giver make sure you've got a great strategy for communicating what you're doing why you're doing it what your wishes are and be very transparent and let them know what your heart is because if you if they don't know your heart they will start to tell themselves a story and the longer it goes on unfortunately the way human nature works the story will get Worse. Yeah, it, the story will get worse and worse and worse.
2: Yep, absolutely. It, it almost seems like there's got to be something in between the, in some circumstances, maybe it is a gift with no strings attached. Maybe uh, the, the other end of the spectrum is I'm trying to control your life in some way with this. What if it was framed in a third way as an investment that I'm making in your life? You know, t- take the mortgage as an example. I'm making an investment in your life by helping you wipe out this mortgage more quickly. And just like every other investment I've ever made, I expect it to have some sort of fruit, some sort of rate of return, or some sort of benefit that accrues hopefully in your life. And that also is part of the gift. Um, if if you were going to pay off your kid's mortgage or or contribute to that, maybe you put some stipulations in place that you ask them to have a game plan, a financial plan in place to prove to yourself and to them that this really is the best use of the money. It really will give the best lift. Or or what about this? Even something as simple as helping your kids with college. How many parents make their kids sit down and say, hey, uh, son or daughter, I'm about to make a major investment in your future, let's talk about what we think the outcomes are going to be. How do how do we know, all of us, that this is a good investment? It's not just a gift that's with no strings attached, I'm also not controlling you here, but I have a vested interest in the outcomes of this money. Mm. You know, I mean, you could go right on down the line with wedding fund, is there a budget in place? um you know helping kids buy a car are they making a wise decision there do they have a budget for maintaining that car and the insurance and all the stuff that goes with it um you know these are these are strings attached because you're treating it as an investment in their life but they have a responsibility to make that investment a good one
0: and just that prompted a thought it's i know it's uh, right on christmas here but one gift that you could give And we're talking about a thousand bucks. So, one gift that you could give is the gift of financial planning. Mm -hmm. So, you could give your children a card, Terry, or your grandchildren a card and say, hey, this year I will pay for financial planning with a financial planner, of course, who is certified. And again, the risk in that, Terry, is they they might feel that you're trying to control or direct or whatever. So you'd have to land that airplane just right. But if you could pull it off, I've had a number of client relationships that started as a thoughtful gift from a loving family member and it changed the direction of their financial life forever.
1: So let's Mm -hmm. circle the wagons here and, and wrap this up. If you're making a donation to a charity and you've been doing it out of cash, The action item here, folks, is to do tax planning, which is different than just filing your taxes and getting your taxes prepared. Tax planning is what we've been talking about for the entire show. Is there a better way to approach this gift than just giving cash? okay? And then see what your options are and see if one of them provides a better route than what you were going to go. And next, do tax planning as well as possibly some multi-generational financial planning if you're making consistent gifts or gifts to other family members. So that's the big recap, folks. I'd encourage you to sit down with your certified financial planner and start doing some tax planning so that you're making sure you capture all the goodness of making these gifts and donations, Dave's got a great question here. Here's what he said. He's 56. I met with a financial advisor at my bank the other day because they told me I had too much money in my savings account. Interesting. They said that no one needs more than $10,000 in their bank account and recommended that I put some of that money into a mutual fund so that it can work harder for me. What do you guys think? I, I thought maybe
2: there was a typo on the dollar amount. I... Have you ever advised someone that 10000 is too much to have in a bank account? No. I, I can't. No
1: way. Think, there, there's no way, right? Um, I've it, also never advised someone that, hey, there's this universal ceiling yeah, that applies yeah. to everyone in every situation, whether you're a surgeon or whether you're 18 or whether you're 84. There's no limit. That applies to everyone. And actually- I'm a little offended, although you shouldn't be, especially if you're going to get gifts. We talked about the behavioral finance. Just don't be offended if someone gives you a gift and has strings to die. But I'm offended that a bank who has, I believe, some moral authority here to help people have the great a great foundation to their financial life is saying that there's you've got too much in cash when they really have no idea.
0: There is a limit, Mike. What's that limit? It's the FDIC insured limit. So once you're north of that then we should be talking about, hey, you've got too much money in your savings and checking account.
1: I would even argue with that. Because
0: you can have more than one bank. You can have more than one bank. Because you want to be argumentative. (laughs) (laughs) Always. feeling
1: feisty today. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Folks, (laughs) the answer here again is what are your financial goals? What's your entire financial life look like? For all you know, Dave, that could be your down payment for your next vehicle. And they're telling you to invest it right at a time when the market's high. I don't know where it's going to go, but what if it all of a sudden drops and six months later you say, "Well, I'm ready to buy that car. Need that. I need that extra money," and it's been cut in half. Right. Right. They don't know. They don't know what your goals are. Maybe that's for the ten-year anniversary, or you're well, you're fifty-six. So I, you know, maybe that's the big vacation you wanted to take. Yeah. I just. Oh, gosh, well, even if you
2: me. even if you thought of this ten thousand as your emergency fund it's not an excessive amount of money for most people because usually we frame an emergency fund, good rule of thumb would be uh, that you'd have uh, three to six months worth of your living expenses. For a lot of people, maybe the ideal amount could be more than $10,000, and it's the o- it's only one of many reasons to have cash in the bank. So I, I agree
0: with you, Mike. So likely the, the person helping you didn't ask, Dave, whether or not you had $10,000 in two or three other banks. And so any financial decision in a vacuum is a bad decision. Just remember that. If you were, if you said, give me one guiding principle to take away from this, in a vacuum, you can get anything to make sense. Figures lie and liars figure. That's right. A Good note to
1: end on. Thank you so much for joining us today. That is all the time we have for today, folks. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, Merry Christmas. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Joint business as Corhorn Financial Group, KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities, Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.